الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عن أن رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم قال باضروا بالعمال فتنا فكتع الليل المزلم يصبح الرجل مؤمنا ويمسي كافرا ويمسي مؤمنا ويصبح كافرا يبيع دينه بعرض من الدنيا صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي دور شيء بالله Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Many prophecies signaling to the last hour, the day of Qiyamah, is mentioned in the Quran and also in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The day of Qiyamah the word Qiyamah is also mentioned in the Quran. A surah is named after the word Qiyamah, Surah Al-Qiyamah. La uqsimu bi yawm al-Qiyamah wa la uqsimu bin nafs al-Lawwamah. Another name of Yawm al-Qiyamah is Yawm al-Din, mentioned in the very first chapter, Surah Al-Fatiha. Maliki Yawm al-Din, the day of reckoning. Many, many signs. The ulama, the muhaddisin, have divided the signs of Qiyamah into two categories. One is Alamatul Kubra and the other one is Alamatul Sugra. Alamatul Sugra is minor sins. Alamatul Kubra is major. Alamatul Sugra is minor signs and Alamatul Kubra is major signs of Qiyamah. Minor signs of Qiyamah have all been exposed, every single one of them. As for the major sign, even the door of Alamatul Kubra, the major sign, has been opened up. In the hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that the minute the very first sign, the major sign of Qiyamah will be exposed, then all the other signs will follow each other very, very quickly without any pause, without any delay, straight away. A beautiful example is given in the hadith. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, anybody got a tasbih with them here? Tasbih? There you are. You've got a tasbih. What are you playing with it? In the hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given us an a beautiful example through the tasbih. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that it's like when if the tasbih was to be broken, then it will only take time for the first bead 
to fall out from that tasbih. The minute the first bead falls out, the rest of the beads continuously follow the first bead and until the entire tasbih is empty. And this is what Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said. The minute the very first time the introduction of Alamatul Kubra is visible, everything will follow very, very quickly without uh, any pause, no delay, straight away, instantly, all the signs will be visible. And the first sign of Alamatul Kubra is the coming of uh, Imam Mahdi, radiallahu ta'ala. But before we go on to the subject of Imam Mahdi, radiallahu ta'ala, very very important that we understand some of the basic alamat, the signs of Qiyamah. We are living in a very delicate time. In fact the most unpredictable time, that is the time that we are living in. Nothing should surprise a Muslim today. If he is going to meet someone who is not a Muslim, or he could be a Muslim, whatever, nothing should surprise him. Anything and anything can happen anytime. We are living in the unpredictable time. And that time is mentioned in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Everything is found in the Quran and Hadith. Everything is there. Subhanallah. Everything is in the Hadith, everything is in the Qur'an. We don't have to go anywhere. Fine, we have the internet, we have other sources, we have other sources of information, books. But subhanAllah, nothing can be compared with the Hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Hadith read to you in the khutbah is narrated by Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an anna Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam called the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned بَادِرُوا بِالْعَمَالِ فِتَنًا فَكِتَعِ اللَّيْلِ الْمُزْلِمِ Commit yourselves quickly to good actions before fitna, before him. Darkness of the night, like the darkness of the night. The fitna will hit you strongly. So commit yourselves to good actions, a'male saliha. And then Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives us the precise pinpoint condition of the hearts of people at that time. He says that يُسْبِحُ الرَّجُلُ مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا In that time, a believer will wake up in the morning with Iman. But when the Mu'azzin will give out the Azan, the call for prayers, Maghrib Salah, he will become a kafir. وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا and vice versa. وَيُمْسِي مُؤْمِنًا In the evening he will be a mu'min, a believer. But by dawn, وَيُسْبِحُ كَافِرًا In the morning he will become a kafir. Allahu Akbar. And the concluding words of the hadith again, يَبِيعُ دِينَهُ بِعَرَضٍ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا The condition of the believer at that time will be, he will be so low, the lowest of the law, that he will want to sell out his religion, his deen, the sharia, in order to acquire flimsy portion of dunya, some flimsy portion of dunya. Ek dunya ka koi hakir sa hissa lene ke liye apne deen ko wo bech dalega. 
in order to acquire a flimsy portion of dunya he will be prepared to sell out his religion subhanallah and isn't that visible today my respected brother Allah that is visible you can bargain with the mu'min, with the muslim anyhow you like you have the power to seal his lips you have the power to control him from the top everything is controlled someone related to me an eye-opening story a true story he said to me during the British occupation of India in the last stages this junior officer had an argument with a layman Muslim in an argument that junior officer Englishman slapped the Muslim a normal person not even a qualified person a layman slapped him the Muslim got very angry he retaliated he stood up and slapped him back and Musaba do you think that's right? that's right Musaba is saying here he slapped him back now the junior officer got annoyed they were not used to this sort of treatment obviously the rest of the people are considered to be the subordinates the inferior type of people the second class people all of a sudden here we see a layman slapping the junior officer this junior officer goes to the superior officer in the army and he says to the superior one that the Muslims are posing a threat for us today this man has slapped me tomorrow another person could come and slap you so if we don't take control now things might just go out of hand so if you give me the permission I will go with the rest of the soldiers and sort him out the superior officer was an intelligent person intelligent in a way and he said to that junior officer no you are not going to do anything of the sort he said wait do exactly what I tell you to do he went on the one side of the office the safe was there opened the safe and he took out 50,000 rupees how many? 50,000 rupees obviously at that time you remember on Wednesday Musabai said that he paid his man 20 pounds so, and all the women at home got annoyed you know but then I had to quickly save Musaba and tell him that no you're talking about 1952 so it was a long time so here we are going all the way back so 50,000 rupees was because there was much more than 20 pounds uh, and that mahar is not accepted not in Masjid Omar anyway so we have to be very careful Alhamdulillah we have a beautiful mosque here we're talking about a big amount big amount give it to them inshallah ta'ala so, <coughs> He gave him 50,000 rupees and he said, do me a favor, go to that person who you slapped and apologize to him and say to him, I'm very sorry, it was an argument and due to the heat of the conversation, I got angry and I slapped you and you slapped me back, we are even, I want to repay you by this money given to me by the superior officer, 50,000 rupees and the officer said that go and buy a house a flat somewhere and one rickshaw one rickshaw the Muslim was very happy overjoyed yeah. 
ऐसी किस्मत छप्पर के बाद फिफ्टी थाउजेंड रुपीज मिले वेरी वेरी हैप्पी वॉट अ नाइस मैन ही वॉज दैट ऑफिसर सी हाउ डी सम दे आर फिफ्टी थाउजेंड कैश वॉज टेकन ऑल हैप्पी वेंट टू एस प्रॉपर्टीज एंड सेट दैट ओके वी वॉन्ट दैट प्रॉपर्टी एंड इन इंडिया एट दैट टाइम बोट अ हाउस थर्टी थाउजेंड एंड देन ट्वेंटी थाउजेंड फॉर अ रिक्शा After one year exactly, the superior officer called that junior officer. He says, "Come to my office. Do you remember 12 months ago that Muslim man slapped you?" He says, "Yes. Go and call him at once. I am calling him." Do you follow the story, right? After 12 months, one year passed by. That Muslim now he has a house. He has a rickshaw. He comes back. the pinpoint description by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam i am not quoting anything from my own understanding is from the hadith of huzur alaihi salam yabi'u dinahu bi'arad min ad-dunya he can be bought the muslim you can buy him today this is the time that we are living in today any muslim can be bought that muslim comes and now both the officers are there the superior officer is te- telling the junior officer i want you to slap this muslim man now the junior officer is saying how can i slap him for what there is no valid reason for me to slap him the superior officer is telling him do as you are told i am telling you to slap him the muslim is standing there and that junior officer gives him one slap one slap one slap and he is down on the floor 12 months ago the scenario was different when he had no money when he was a poor person he stood up and retaliated he fought for his rights but the minute 50000 rupees were given to him his hands were tied his mouth was sealed he became subservient he became subservient he just looked at the officer gave him uh, a dirty look in the language of today and that's about it no retaliation and the superior officer said this is how you win the hearts of these people this is how you rule this is how you rule these people you don't fight back there is an art of controlling the muslims and this is how you do it and this is where we are losing my respected brothers yabi'u dinahu bi'aradin min ad-dunya nabi karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the muslim will be of a cheap quality his iman will be very cheap very very cheap he can be bought anybody can buy him may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from the types of people mentioned in the hadith of nabi karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that story is a true story and an eye opener and an eye opener allahu akbar at any cost we cannot bargain and we cannot compromise with the farais the wajibat the fundamentals of islam yes good character with all muslims and non muslims is very very important 
That is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Allahu Akbar, nobody can force you to eat khinzir or to take in alcohol or to make zina. That is your own will, that is your own right. You have the full authority and control. Subhanallah. And the signs of Qiyamah, يُسْبِحُ الرَّجُلُ مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا He will become, he will be a believer in the morning and a kafir in the evening. Three points, important points, are mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The first point that we learn from the hadith is that near the time of Qiyamah, the real identity of an individual to establish his real identity will be very, very difficult. So although he may come to the masjid, and although we may take him to be a Muslim, and as a Muslim to another Muslim, you might say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah to him. But in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is a possibility that he is not a Muslim. He is not a Muslim. This is what is meant by the hadith, that in the morning you can be a believer, but by the evening your actions will be such that you will be discarded from the list of the mu'mineen, from the believers. Allahu Akbar. Like Turkey. Like Turkey. Muslim country. Once upon a time the great Ottoman Empire. Allahu Akbar. What a great empire that was. Read history and you'll find out. But today, in the Leicester University, I performed Juma there. I met this brother from Turkey. He goes to me. I was watching television, TV, and I saw uh, an Israeli officer pulling the hijab, the scarf, from the Palestinian lady's head, pulling it out. And when I saw that pictures that I have seen even in Turkey, the only difference is that in Palestine it's an Israeli officer pulling out the scarf from a Muslim lady. But in Turkey I have seen Turkish police, Muslim, who call themselves Muslim, pulling the scarf out from the heads of our mothers and sisters. Can you imagine, my brothers, that in England, even in the university today, you can go not only with a scarf, but you can even cover your face. That liberty is given to you. But once the great Ottoman Empire, Kustuntunya, mentioned in the Hadith, today known as Istanbul, it is illegal for a woman to, weigh, to cover her head in universities, colleges, or in the offices. Illegal. And there are some incredible pictures here. There was a function today. Here we see in Turkey police officers dragging a Muslim lady. Here we see Muslim ladies in prison in Turkey. <laughs> and what more? Allahu Akbar. One can continue and continue. Here we have mockery. We have Muslim boys wearing scarves, mocking the hijab. This is the level of Iman. So, you can call it Turkey as being the majority of the, uh, all the people that are there. 
are all Muslims, they have Muslim names, but when it comes to Iman, the truth is that knowledge is only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who has Iman, who is a Mu'min, and who is not a Mu'min, that is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pinpoint description. In the morning he will be a Mu'min, by the evening he will be a, a Kafir. It will be extremely difficult to establish anyone's identity. That is point number one we learn from the hadith. Point number two we learn from the hadith. The appearance given to you first hand is not what he will be from the inside. The appearance given to you, how that person appears to you, he will not be what he seems from the outside. His inside will be very, very different. And the third sabak that we learn from the hadith, the most important sabak, is that near the day of Qiyamah, this dunya will be flooded by munafiqeen. The dunya will be flooded by munafiqeen. And what will the munafiqeen want to do? To integrate in Islamic societies, cross the borders of Islam, metaphorically speaking, enter Islam, go into the heart of Islam to create confusion, to create confusion. Integration, to integrate, to create confusion. confusion. And how does this confusion come? Again, I'm not going to quote anything that are my own words. Everything from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How is confusion created? Mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. A Bedouin came to Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam with a very important question. He said, Ya Rasulullah, when will Qiyamah come? The day of Qiyamah. Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam looked at that Bedouin. A long hadith. The last words are to that Bedouin. Iza wussid al-amru ila ghayri ahlihi fantaziri sa'a. When high-ranking positions will be given to those people who will be in truth the most incompetent for that post. High-ranking positions will be given to those people who will be absolutely incompetent for that post, for that position given. It's like you coming to me and say, Marana, there's something wrong with my car, can you check it out? How am I going to check it out? I don't know anything about cars. I'm not a mechanic, you have to go to a mechanic. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is saying, in order to create confusion, you will have people, Allahu Akbar, taking up those positions, they will have no knowledge of it at all. In fact, the basis of Islam is taqwa. They will have no taqwa. No taqwa at all. When there is no fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then one can do whatever he wants. He is free. Because there is no fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I met a person who was in Bosnia when the Serbs fought with the Muslims. He said to me, Marana, what I have seen, I don't think anybody here has seen. He said, the Muslims were pulled in the masjid in one corner and they were shot at close range 
with a machine gun and they were shot in such a way that after shooting them the, the bullets would enter the body forming a cross on their body forming a cross on their body so they would literally shoot him from the top to the bottom making a cross on the body this is how the story ends in Bosnia we haven't seen anything my respected brothers he said to me Mahana Sahib with my own eyes I saw a Serb a Serb Serbian soldier raping a Muslim lady on the mimbar with my own eyes I have seen that in the masjid in Bosnia the, the, the soldiers came in the Muslim ladies were taking refuge in the masjid raped a Muslim lady on the mimbar where Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam would sit and make khutbah Allahu Akbar Kabira what more are we going to see my respected brothers signs of Qiyamah everything is happening everything is happening Allahu Akbar Kabira positions will be given to those people who are not qualified for that post at all and when position is given to them confusion instability is created confusion and instability is created they, they don't know at all they don't even know the, the Quran they don't know hadith they have no taqwa they have no fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is why after the demise of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam who became the first Khalifa, the successor of Rasulullah? Who was it? Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Why? Why was that position given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq? And not to Hazrat Ali, who was the cousin of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, closely related to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In fact, he grew up in the household of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the son of Abu Talib, the son-in-law of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, married to the most beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but he was not the Khalifa. Islam, Allahu Akbar, does not follow the pattern of blood relationship, blood ties. Islam is based on taqwa. The foundation of Islam is based on taqwa. At that time, the greatest muttaqi, unanimously, even agreed by the companion. In fact, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's taqwa was so famous that Huzur alayhi salatu was salam did not even, was not even in the need to make a will or to write on a piece of paper that after me make sure Abu Bakr becomes the Khalifa because he himself knew that all the companions know that there is no one greater than Abu Bakr Siddiq because of his piety and because of his taqwa and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala was Khalifa Rabi he got the fourth position then came Hazrat Umar Farooq and then came Hazrat Usman then came Hazrat Ali why? Islam functions on taqwa Islam functions on taqwa subhanallah so the first stage is to be muttaqi when you haven't got taqwa even the salat is not there what knowledge the salat is not there the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not there 
then how can anyone govern anything? إِذَا وُسِّلَ الْأَمْرُ إِلَىٰ غَيْرِ أَهْلِهِ فَانْتَزِرِ السَّاعَةِ نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم has said when you see those people taking up positions who are unqualified for that position آپ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم has been saying to them فَانْتَزِرِ السَّاعَةِ then all you have to do is wait for the day of قیامہ wait for the day of save yourselves and save your iman look after your children make Allah Allah make sure you fulfill the haq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also the haq of the people huqukul ibad in the hadith here Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned the the cause of confusion but what is the root cause what is the cause of that situation and the second thing is the root cause of this uh, position given to that individual who is not qualified for that post. And that is mentioned in the hadith of Hazrat Sawban radiallahu ta'ala, a very famous hadith. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said in the hadith, Yushikul umam an tuda'a alaykum kama tada'a al-akalatu ila kas'atiha. An invitation will be given to people to conspire or to inflict pain on my ummah like how people are invited on the Dastar Khan on a banquet to eat like how we invite people bhai aajana ha ji aajana aam daawat hai sabko bhai aap bhulta nahi ji khawa mate aavi jao like how we invite all the friends open invitation an open invitation will be given to all to give problems to the ummah of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam the companions question Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam straight away. They said, Ya Rasulullah, وَمِنْ قِلَّةٍ يَوْمَئِذٍ Near the day of Qiyamah, will we be few in numbers? Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam started to laugh. La, bal antum kaseerun. You will be many, many in numbers. Many, many. Somebody was telling me just in Egypt there are 60 million Muslims. Amen. One country. How many Muslims? Maulana Ali Mia Nadvi Rahmatullah would say that even if every single Mu'min Muslim male and female was to throw just one pebble, one stone, after a few months you will see a great mountain in front of you. This is how many Muslims there are in the world. One pebble each after a few months you will see this enormous great mountain in front of you and a typical example is when we go for Hajj when we are pelting the shaitan every day in the morning the truck has to come and pick up all the sandals and all the stones and everything and clear everything out there was a time and there was no need for that in the hadith it comes that Allahu Akbar when some when a mu'min throws pelts and hits the shaitan if his Hajj is accepted the stones disappear stone disappear they were disappearing before but nowadays it don't disappear the truck has to come and clear everything out Allah that is mentioned in the Ma'ariful Quran of Hazrat Mawlana Mufti Shafi Sahib the grandfather the father of Hazrat Mufti Taqi Sahib Subhanallah this was this is what Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that you will be many in numbers but what will be the condition Huzur alayhi salatu was salam is saying that you will be suffering from a disease a disease in the Arabic which is known as al-wahan what is it? 
الوہن اس کام کو یاد رکھیں الوہن عربی میں آپ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی الفاظ مبارکہ ہے الوہن there is barakah in uttering the precise words which were uttered by Rasulullah صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم the ummah will be suffering from الوہن وَلَيَنزِعَنَّ اللَّهُ مِن صُدُورِ عَدُوِّكُمْ الْمُحَابَةَ مِنْكُمْ Allah will have taken out your fear from the hearts of the kuffar. Allah will have taken out your fear from the hearts of the kuffar because of a sickness and that sickness is al-wahan. The companion straight away said, Ya Rasulullah, wa ma al-wahan? What is al-wahan? In beautiful words, Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam said, Hubbu al-dunya wa karahiyatul maut. Intense love of dunya. Intense love. So much love of dunya. Namaz will be neglected. The hukuk will be neglected. The recitation of the Quran will be neglected. Everything, all the hukuk, gunah will be there. There will be more gunah in an individual's 24 hours than good deeds. More sinner. Hubbu dunya wa karahiyatul maut and the disliking of maut. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. We should make dua all the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove all those leaders occupying the position that they are in today, Muslim leaders. Allah ta'ala removes them. We don't even want them. What they should do? Allah should remove them. Allah inko and replace them by good believers, mu'mineen, muslimin. And that is the only way the Nusrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come. Individually what we have to do is we must make sure that we follow and respect the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are totally obedient to Sharia. And inshallah individually if an effort is done inshallah the effect will be on the entire jamaat. Inshallah. If, if we can make an effort here in Masjid Umar, Inshallah, the, the people living in the surroundings of the Masjid can make an effort. And slowly, 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 Inshallah, the barakah will increase, the barakah will increase, and the, and the Nusrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come. Here I have an article. When I said to you in the hadith, it is mentioned that infiltration, infiltration, they will want to infiltrate, to confuse, uh, to, to create confusion. An article which is also pinned up downstairs on the notice board. British missionaries take sleeper jobs to infiltrate Muslim nations. It's mentioned what Huzur alayhi salatu was salam had said came in the Times Sunday, May the 5th, 2002. Their mission is to integrate with local people, discreetly spread the gospel in their spare time, and ultimately establish a new church. The way it works is that they go out into jobs. They don't go as missionaries, put it that way, said one member, but these folks know why they are there. They know why they are there. The group has been working on its mission for the past 10 years in Britain without attracting any publicity. Without attracting any publicity. It has about 70 Britons in North Africa, Middle East, Central Asia and Indian subcontinent. 
leaders of the organizations which unlike other missionary groups exclusively exclusively target Muslims exclusively target Muslims they are predicting that the figure will grow following the creation of the global coalition against terrorism following the September 11 attacks this organization was founded in America in 1983 they have 600 missionaries in 40 Muslim countries 600 in 40 Muslim countries its mission is our statement reads our passion is to glorify God by planting reproducing churches among unreached Muslim people and it says before they travel before they travel go in the path of Allah go in the path of Allah go in the path of Allah great effort but these people and everything is done in, a, in the most sophisticated way all the family people are financially supported financially supported so when they go everything is at, at ease the sabak given to them before traveling to a Muslim country they undergo at least two weeks of specialist language and cultural training including study of the Quran including study of the Quran and this is what Hazrat Nabiya Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam near the day of Qiyamah to establish anyone's identity will be most difficult most difficult we have people today even entering Saudi Arabia and making tawaf of Kaaba who are non-Muslims who are non-Muslims with a disguise possibility is there people have done it and they are still doing it and that's not going to bother the present regime that is there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq just one very important article inshallah may afka zyada nahi what we have to do is make sure that even we integrate we integrate make sure we are well literate with the computer giving answers Allahu Akbar when you read the newspapers if anything is against Israel then all the Jews of England will reply back and the newspaper will have to make an apology send an apology to them but we Muslims are how many? 2 million 2 million plus England 2 million plus like Mawana Dawood Sahib said today everything is on the shoulder of the Malvi what is it? Malvi Karuna Tum Karuna Tum Karuna Darulums have been established, the madrasas are running, everything is running. But those brothers who are literate in English, who are qualified professors, mashallah, who have been to universities, who have who know everything what is happening, they should be khuddams of Islam. They should be making khidmat of Islam. But Allah Akbar, who is doing that? Who who is a khadim of Islam? How many people? Who is doing khidmat? Khidmat is not just by giving 100 pounds charity here and there, 200 pounds. That's a, that is a shortcut. Alhamdulillah is good. Shortcut. But give our time, sacrifice. How? What can we do? Make a team. Allahu Akbar. Every individual knows the good quality that is inside him. And he has to work. 
He is an ambassador for Islam. Every Muslim is an ambassador. We have to work hard, legally, with respect to the law of the country. An important information here, a popular tool in propaganda is to commit atrocities under the guise of words which have universal appeal. When you hear the news, whether it's in, through the television or radio or newspaper, make sure that you take into consideration the words that are used. Universal words that are appealing for all. For an example, liberty, democracy, freedom, good versus evil. We've all heard that, right? Good versus evil. Abhi to World Cup shuru bhi nahi hua hai, kap hamara hai. Abhi to World Cup shuru bhi nahi hua hai, kap kiska hai? Good versus evil. These are the words we hear all the time. If a Western leader stands up and proclaims that he is fighting an evil nation in the name of justice, freedom and democracy, he will have the unqualified support of all the people, however it may be. The subjects seldom question his motives or whether he is really fighting for freedom. Whose freedom? What freedom? But all he has to do is stand up and say, I am fighting for liberty, freedom, good versus evil, and that is it. This lecture, if it is given, everyone is for him. What freedom? What? Nothing. Nobody? Nobody knows. A good example. Examples are like this natural fear we have of spiders. Spiders. The name spider. The, the word spider is a makhluk of Allah, but if you think of spiders, it's creepy. Spiders or fear of snakes, or fear of AIDS. This fear becomes very real when stated by an official or an expert in the field. An example here is given that in the days of the American Wild West, in the days of the American Wild West, the pioneers demonized the peaceful living nation of Apache, Red Indians, and called them savages. Inko kya ka? Savages. Helicopter ke naam Apache rakte hai, lekin unko kya kehte se? Savages. Baasana hai ne? They were known as savages. Even in Africa. Tarzan, the king of jungle, was he an African? Was he an African? He is supposed to be the king of jungle, le Tarzan. I said that before. What was he? An African? Kya tha wo? African tha? No, he was not an African. Brainwash. And a name was given to them, savages. Savages. This name became something hostile to people, like a swear word. Whenever the name the Apache came, was then shouted, it evoked such fear and hatred that all efforts were rallied around eliminating these savages. No one bothered to inquire or understand that these poor Red Indians, the Apache, were simply defending their holy burial grounds from the greed for gold by the pioneers. From the greed of gold. But nobody bothered to look into that. Similarly, the word terrorism, the word terrorism. And we have to explain that to the whole world. 
This is our Islamic duty. Allah Akbar. This is a blasphemy to label Islam with terrorism. Terrorism is good. Terrorism is not jihad in Islam. Allah Akbar. Asallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to promote peace. And Muslims are Muslims. That is the perfect name given to them. Those who have surrendered to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who do not terrorize. Those who are the protectors. Those who save lives. Subhanallah. Similarly, the word terrorism has developed such a negative connotation that whenever the word terrorist is used, it implies a Muslim. Fundamentalist hell bent on killing everyone with a suicide bomb. Every Muslim today is crazy, hell bent, and his only intention is what suicide bomb. Like that uh, Israeli leader. Ariel Sharon. Ariel Sharon, again, what does he say? We have been fighting the Palestinians and uh, where did the massacre take place? Janine. In Janine what happened is that we were trying to eradicate uh, fundamentalism, terrorism. Fundamentalism and terrorism. We are doing exactly what the Americans were doing in Afghanistan. So we want to, Allah Akbar, eradicate the structure, the foundation of terrorism. And he is talking in the media like that. Within the hearts of millions. It is true, terrorism, blowing themselves up. So they are terrorists. Magic peace laws, peace laws, they are not peace laws, Islam is peace laws. The word terrorist first it evokes such fear in the ignorant masses that they will support their government and anyone else to do whatever it takes just to get rid of this danger. Few people are making effort to understand the three holiest lands of the Muslim world are under siege by the American-Israeli troops, Makkah Mukarramah, Majila Munawwara and Jerusalem. One of the signs of Qiyamah, Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam, has said that Khaybar will be invaded. Khaybar. Khaybar will be invaded. Not very far from the city of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Already, already a base is there. This is the sign of Qiyamah, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam has said that the Muslims will make Turkey into an Islamic empire. How true that is, Allah Akbar. Today, though, it claims to be a Muslim country. Is it a Muslim country? There is no Islam in Turkey. In fact, it doesn't claim to be a Muslim country. I'm sorry, it's a secular state. It is a secular state. It's not Islamic country for you. Allah Akbar. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Qayyamat will not come until the great fight will take place with the people of Turk. Kustuntunia is Istanbul. Kustuntunia is Istanbul. And these are signs. See, the Muslims oppressed. Muslims oppressed. 